Welcome back into the Great Scott Show on a Gimme All You Got Friday. Time for the Pro Nola segment. The man, the myth, the legend, Gus Kattengill, joins me now, host of the Sports Hangover, ESPN 100.3 in New Orleans. Follow him on Twitter at GCAT underscore 17 at GKATT underscore one seven i don't know if you heard that bark us usually we hear your dog in the background you might hear mine you might hear brooklyn in the background with a little bark here or there so uh please (laughs) pardon that i know you don't mind listeners pardon it as well but uh anyway man good morning dude what's going on no man um mcqueen's actually just uh chilling here um kind of in his little doggy bed in the office here just you know Wondering what it is that I'm doing. Oh, there he is talking again. So, but uh, I love the name Brooklyn. I, I thought for sure maybe Shea, spelled S-H-E-A for Shea Stadium from back in the day. You know, I, that, that would be a bad dog name, huh? What do you think? Well, I mean, Shea was a dump as much as I loved it. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's Brooklyn for no sleep till Brooklyn. So the uh, the, kids, I love it. the kids I love wanted it. a Beastie no, Boys it, name. Uh, all is well, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, I. We're going to talk a little bit about Summer League. Not so much the games themselves as much as the vibes. It'll make more sense when I get to it. But I I want to start by piggybacking something that you were discussing earlier this week on your show. I go on your shows Wednesdays, and we usually have some fun, discuss a number of things. But it's, it's crazy how much this national story about BMW, international story, excuse me, has taken off that they are going to start selling Heated seat subscriptions, like $18 a month, which seems, you know, obviously no one down here needs it, but obviously the the reaction is uh, anything but, yeah, that's cool. Everyone is just like, WTF, like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Like, are are you going to start having to pay to just start the car, like, with the key? Like, where does it it end here? Like, it's a seat warmer. It's not... Serious XM radio, like good lord, like what? What is what is this about? So, you kind of piggybacked on it. And you you started saying like, are, are we going to start seeing more things in the sports realm of things? I know you already have seat licenses and in a lot of other stuff, right? We've kind of seen it in the sports world for a while, but we've accepted it. Where where do you think the future goes with this? And at what point do you think some sports fans would be like? From a from a, a, a in game perspective, as far as watching it on TV, I mean, it is what it is. But how how well, far how well, far do you think well, this could go in the sports well. world? Um, as as far as the sniveling little guy that wants to climb the ladder of success, wants to be in that executive office, is going to come up with ways to show you can make the company more money, buddy. Um, Nickel and dime you. I'm looking at the 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 online, I guess you know, a la carte menu for BMW. And um, you can get iconic sounds for $99. What? Um, yeah. Iconic um, sound? Yeah, tra- yeah. Transfer your vehicle's unmistakable sporty BMW sound. and Or or as I like to call it, just burn your money. Just throw it away. <laughs> I mean. I'm just telling you, look, uh, you know, 
driver assistant, but you want high beams, those beams are going to cost you $10 a month to use your high beams. I'm just, I'm just I'm, again, I'm reading what they're doing. And you know, you're like, Gus, what, what part of I me mean, is this the test? No, this is UK, Germany, New Zealand, South Africa. Like, this isn't, you know, one little neighborhood in some podunk country to see if this works. Um, and, and why it caught my attention, Scott, is because we heard the commissioner of the NFL say last week that the Sunday ticket, which I like, and I don't know what I did last year. I bundled. Apparently, that got me the Sunday ticket. Nice. I had it at first when nice. I first got Direct TV, but I can't afford the three hundred, four hundred a month. Expensive. So I hadn't seen it in a while. And then somehow, somewhere, I got an email. My wife yelled at me. She's like, "What did you do?" I'm like, "I didn't hit anything." <laughs> I'm like, you know, like, but I got an email like she did on our email saying. Enjoy the upcoming slate of games. She got mad at me, thought I subscribed. Um, and, and, but I love it. But it's going to go per the commissioner to a streaming service. And it's either going to be Amazon, Apple, or Disney. So the expected number is three to four billion. Insane. This one was one billion that they're currently expiring this year. Um, I just got to thinking, man, when you look at the contracts that players are signing and ways that clubs have got to find ways to find additional revenue streams within their own stadiums, within their own product, in order to somehow either cut even or make a profit, nothing's off the table, Scott. And when I mean nothing's off the table, I'm talking in-game. Let's go there first. What if you, you know um, – what, what are the things that inconvenience you? Because that's not going to be pitched, right? Scott? It's going to be pitched as a convenience, an additional thing for you. You already got it. You got it in the stadium, you're in the seat. But what's annoying? Say you got middle of the row and you got to go through people in order to go to the bathroom and all that stuff. What about if the first six rows on either side, closest to the aisle, for an extra $2 a seat, you guaranteed that seat, right? And I understand. Wait a minute. But you have season tickets at. All right, well, you're charged for it. You can either give it up or whatever. What about for the ladies? Like my wife probably would make me do it. We've all been to Disney World. What about something like Black and Gold Plus or Blue and Red Plus for Pelicans games? Then it allows you front-of-the-line access to concessions. You have your own concession line. You go to certain bathrooms that are dedicated Black and Gold Plus bathrooms. In other words, it's capped out. So instead of having to wait 35 deep for the ladies to go, um, it's maybe five and so on and so forth. What about you take a section of gate five right by the on-ramp that gets you on the interstate? That's for 250 per ticket or 250 for you. Um, you have concierge service. You can park right there. You have your own gate A-plus entry on the ground. You don't have to even go up the ramp. When you walk in, hey, Mr. Prather, how are you doing? Lovely seeing you and your family. You go right up that escalator, right on the field level, right to your seat, bypassed everything. I, I'm just thinking you're going to probably start to see things like that. Already, you're, you're grabbing your own beer because of, you know, touchless, um, uh, you know, transactions. Like I went to Monster Jam last Saturday, and there's a cooler, and there's 
a little line and somebody waiting at the end and you open the cooler and you grab your beer and you give them $16 for it. And you know, so I, mean, I guess, and they ask you for a kid. I don't, I don't know what the service was, but, but that's coming. It's all of those different things they're going to be asking for you to do. And you said in stadium, um, Scott, you know, this TV package that CBS and Fox did to keep these, these games, What's to say they don't say, hey, we agreed to televise the game. Now, I'm not talking about the game of the week. I'm not talking about, you know, Monday night or Sunday night football. But your normal 12 o'clock Saints take on Cleveland. Um, you're going to get three cameras. You're going to get one from the press box. You're going to get one from the end zones. That's three. If you want the play-by-play and you want the replay and you want the sideline reporting and all of that, that's going to be an extra, you know, $4 if you want to do that for that service. I would even put it past them to say that you do something of that nature where you want the game audio sound, like you want the experience of the stadium. You can do that. You want to control your cameras, okay? Like I said, the, the Sunday package comes to the streaming service. What about if they go, hey, you can select this game, and now you can control for an additional $5 your camera shot. You can pull up whatever camera you want, just like when ESPN does the national – championship games where one of their stations have different angles and stuff. What if you could do that for an extra five? I'm telling you, you're going to see by way of having to make up the money that they're having to pay for presenting this, you will start to see a la carte or additional things at stadiums and in and at home viewing experience. You watch. I mean, it's going to happen as it is. You want to watch Thursday night football. You better have Amazon prime. Not that I don't know anybody who doesn't have Amazon, but, you know, you have to have it to watch it now. So the NFL's gone, you know, cannonball deep into this. I'm just saying as ridiculous as it sounds, man, um, I don't know if they'll, they'll charge you to go to the bathroom, but I would expect you probably going to get something like Genie Plus now at Disney World where, hey, we'll make sure one of these bathrooms is reserved for the black and gold plus members that they can go to make the line shorter, go get your $18 beer line shorter, uh, get in and out of the stadium quicker, all of that, I bet you would come. It's it's in some ways we see it with seat licenses, but to your point, it's the NFL. Let's just talk about the NFL. It's the NFL is going to nickel and dime anything that they can. And there's a clear demand for it. Uh, is there a line at some point? I don't know. I feel like for BMW, this seems kind of ridiculous. It feels like I would never buy a BMW. Not with, not with that. Not with, well, you got to pay for seat with it. warmer. That's why you're buying like, a BMW. Give me a, right, right, right. You can buy something yeah. that comes with seat warmers or you cannot. It's, a, you know, whatever. Um I, I don't I don't know like I I feel like in the future you know you're already paying to part you're paying to do all these little things whenever you pay for a ticket it's you know a lot of people are using digital tickets well there's all these other fees so it's already in the like it's already acceptable I guess is my point right because people are already paying extra costs to get to game day and all the extra things that come along with it you start nickel and diamond people nonstop then maybe you you know maybe people start watching it more on TV right well then you go there to your point guess what they can nickel dive you there too so it's um 
any way a billion dollar corporation can make more money, they're going to do it. And unfortunately, Gus, I don't, I don't like the points you bring up about it, but it, it's, I, I think they're all valid. I mean, I think it's, it's mm-hmm. part of it. Now you give me some good stuff. Like you give me, you give me guys mic'd up on the field during the game, there you go. not this yep. edited NFL films. They want to make it look like it's all cool. And no, nah, man, they saying some nasty stuff down there. You, you, you mic up CD deuce for a game. You know what? I might, I might pay for it. Unedited. I might, I might pay for that. I might, I might watch the game. I might, I might, when the saints are on defense, I might just have to go to that. I mean, just want to hear his commentary as it happens. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I can't sit here and tell you, I can sit here and tell you I'm not paying $18 for a seat warmer, but I can't sit here and tell you that I won't pay for something in the future. If it comes to, you know, uh, getting the NFL football experience, I can't, I'd be that lying. Will, if so I you said just I use the word, I was going to say it will, pre- it will be presented as a convenience as BMW uses the word or an experience as what the NFL is going to sell you. It's like, yeah, you've been watching the games, but now you really can watch the games. And you're going to be like, oh, bleep, yes, I want to see it. Give me quarterback cam. You know, and then they're going to say you can do that per game. Oh, for $320 a year, you have access to all the camera angles, all the audio channels, all of it, all of it, all of it. You're going to say yes. And then your wife's going to go, why are we spending $700 on a game? <laughs> but you know, I mean, look, I that's the thing's gonna happen, man. It's like I, I just I, I see it I see them finding ways to try to do as much as possible to to make this worth it. And and look, I think you saw the, the toe dipping in the pool of streaming over the last several years. Um, you know, this year Apple I think has like every Friday night a major league yeah, baseball game right. on. So I mean look People are just used to doing it. I mean, look, let's be honest. A couple of weeks ago, when the Pelicans announced that they re-upped with Bally's, the city went bananas. The, uh, fa- the fan base was like, no, no. But they, 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 they came out and immediately said, all those things you're complaining about, we're going we're gonna to work so you can get it just off the app. Or you don't have to Bingo. only have this. Bingo. You know, They made sure they say? kept the, the message of... People complain right. that you couldn't stream it. So... When you think of that, just think of what you just said. The team had to come and clarify that you would be able to stream it. Without a cable subscription, right? You could stream it, but you had to have the cable subscription. You had to have the cable subscription. Or or somebody you know's password of a cable subscription that caught one of the cable packages that had the games on it, which isn't all of them. I mean, you know, it's a cable cable is just, it's dying. I look at, I look at cable Gus Kattengill, our guest pronolist segment, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Brathers, the great Scott show. Give me all you got Friday, like conference realignment. Let's go there for a second. Right. Um, Cable was the driving force behind the geographical, changes in conference realignment over a decade ago, right? It kind of started with the rumor of, oh, Texas and Oklahoma are going to go to the Pac-10 at the time. It was called the Pac-10. And everybody's like, this is insane. This is crazy. And then Texas kind of was just playing everybody, and they were going to release their own Longhorn network. But you did start to see some changes, right? The Sun Belt lost some members. Conference USA lost some members. And every single addition was, you know, why would 
why would Rutgers, you know, why would this big conference want Rutgers? Why would the Big Ten want? Well, they want to get in that New York market because now the Big Ten network can be there and it could be on all these cable, you know, channels. And if somebody pays an extra dollar, they get the sports package. And now the Big Ten will get a kickback on that. My point is, like, the reason Missouri and, and, and A&M, for that matter, got the invite into the SEC when they did years ago was because of geography. Now, A&M made, makes sense, right? Missouri doesn't make as much sense as, say, Clemson or Florida State or North Carolina. Uh, but guess what? The SEC was already in Florida. They were already in South Carolina, right? They were already in those regions. They weren't in the state of Missouri. Now, geography has nothing to do with it because cable has nothing to do with it. These TV packages, you know, I shouldn't say, I, 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 let me rephrase. Strictly being on cable doesn't have anything to do with it. But the TV money is so big, and a lot of that comes not just from geography. It's because you can get all of these channels wherever you are via a stream, on your phone, wherever you want to be. It doesn't have to be, oh, you got to be in this market and have cable to catch this channel. It's like, you know, geography doesn't matter anymore. The TV money is still the driving force behind it, but the reason behind the TV money is different. It used to be cable packages. Now it's just, hey, how much is the SEC going to get from ESPN? How much is the Big Ten if they get, you know, once they get USC and UCLA, how much are they going to get based on this and that? It's, it's, it's more about the power and athletic budgets and things like that as opposed to what it was 12 years ago. And a lot of that is because how we consume sports is different. I was talking to Luke Johnson earlier this week, and I know you know Luke. He's a friend of mine. It was like back in the day when we were younger, Gus, and just just starting out in this business, I mean, if you were on ESPN, that was it. Like you were the creme de la creme. You know what I mean? Like if you right. if you were on uh, you know, around the horn, you could be a journalist and suddenly, you know, out of, out of Phoenix or Chicago and suddenly everybody knew you because you were on TV. And now, you know, you can get well-known a lot of different ways as a journalist and it doesn't have to be from being on ESPN. I think, you know, the newsbreakers of the worlds, the Adam Schefters, the Woges, they're kind of what those guys, you know, on, on around the horn were say 15, 16 years ago. But it all goes back to how we consume sports and whether it be on cable, whether it be streaming, whether it be on your phone, whether it be on Twitter, whatever it might be, as it evolves, all of these other things evolve with it, the TV packages, conference realignment. And as you were stating, you know, just how we consume these products, Thursday night football this year, you better have Amazon prime. Cause if you don't, you can't watch it unless it's your team, they'll put it on a local channel. But other than that, Forget about it. You know, it used to be one. It used to be no games like that. Then it was one game a year like that. Now it's a game every week like that. Right. At what point is it all the games? To say that that would never happen would just be foolish. At some point, you're going to have to pay even more just to get something that right now you can watch on an antenna, which costs you, you know, at at the store twelve dollars. Yeah, and. You know, is one of the things you're probably going to be paying attention to next week when the FCC meetings start, right? Yep. Um, what are the future plans? And that's going to be the, the topic that I'm sure all the coaches are going to be asked. I don't think Sankey's going to give much info. Uh, but, I, you know, in speaking with some people this week, it is absolutely at the ready. You know, if, 
Notre Dame goes Big Ten. Mm-hmm. It's going to be two conferences of twenty teams. Yeah, there's, it's go, that's where it's heading. There'll be two mega conferences, and I don't know when we'll get there, but that's where that's where it's all going. I mean, so uh, one thing that was interesting, Brody Miller came on the show earlier this week, and he covers the Tigers for the Athletic, and he brought up the point that Greg Sankey, it's well known that one of his favorite books is about how the, the, the collective over in England grabbed a bunch of soccer clubs and formed essentially the EPL. And for soccer people, you know what I'm talking about. For non, it's the English Premier League. All you need to know, it's essentially the professional SEC Big Ten of soccer. I mean, I don't even know if that's accurate enough to describe it. It's, it's the biggest clubs in the world that compete in that you know, Premier League. It's literally what it's called, the English Premier League. It's the biggest name, Man U, Manchester City. Um, they have the best players. They spend the most money. They have the biggest stadiums. Does it sound familiar? And that's the book that Greg Sankey constantly refers to. It's the one that he loves to read the most. And what have you seen in the last, you know, five, ten years? You've seen him build the SEC to its own brand, right? I mean, from the it just matters more hashtags to the commercials and chants of SEC, SEC. I mean, he has built it essentially on a standalone conference of college football, right? I mean, you look at the coaches that are going to be there next week, Scott. I mean, their staff are making a million dollars plus. Their coaches... Billy, Billy Napier is going to have to... I mean, if he wanted to bring his whole staff, he's going to need like ooh. three Greyhound buses to get him there. Um, <laughs> Speaking of, I brought it up to Brody. I'm like, look, when you look at just the SEC West, like I'm going to do something unique and different, I think, this year. I'm going to cover like Andy Cohen, right? Because legitimately the head coaches of the SEC, much less the coaches of the SEC West, it is an absolute real housewives television show. I mean, they all bicker at one another. They all complain. They all absolutely lose it during a presser or two. The lane train's fantastic. He's the He's the stirrer, isn't he? He's the you-know-what stirrer. Oh, yeah, he's a pot stirrer. He's he's Beth from the original real world. That's what Lane is. Right, (laughs) yes, from the original real world. The original real world, going way back. I mean, look, and then you got the new kid on the block in in Napier. I mean, I just, you know, who, look, he wants to show and and bring back Florida to its dominance. You know, so Georgia, coming off of a national championship, like who's going to contend with them? You know, Tennessee, could they finally Rocky top it and all that you know, last year, I mean, they're throwing water bottles on the on the ground. I mean, so it, it literally the SEC is a real housewife show, and and but Scott, it's been done on purpose. It's been done on purpose. It is the conference you talk about. It is the conference that essentially has a very good chance of dominating college baseball. They've gotten a lot better at basketball. And when I spoke to Glenn Gilbert earlier this week, who covers the SEC for Outkick, he said, "Hey." I'm telling you, I'm hearing North Carolina do part of that. You know, Miami, I mean, bringing that basketball to that already. Miami has a, you know, history of college national championships and baseball. That program's been well. Their football team plays where the Dolphins play. That's an NFL stadium. That's one, another one of those big markets. And then you also add the fact that basketball, I was about to build a brand new arena. So, and they're a brand. I mean, the U is a brand. And it actually is a tough school to get in. It's like 10,000 students, not, you know, one of those bigger schools. So, but that's what it's about now, man. And it's crazy when you think about what 
motivated him or I think caught his attention. And there was a book about how those groups of men got together and formed the English Premier League. And Scott, you don't even have to be a soccer fan. Everyone knows the EPL. Everyone knows what it is. Gus Cagniel, our guest, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. You talked about the drama among the SEC and how it makes headlines. That's a good segue into our next topic. And a little something that you and I talked about on your show earlier this week. We'll get into a little NBA Summer League, but the storylines coming out of the NBA currently and some remarks that the commissioner, Adam Silver, made, I ain't buying them. And if you do buy them, then you kind of think Adam's a little bit of a hypocrite. I'll explain next. It's a Give Me All You Got Friday. Don't go anywhere. One more segment with our guy, Gus Cadgill, right after this. into a Gimme All You Got Friday on the Great Scott Show. Pro Nola segment, Gus Cattengill, our guy. Gus, before we get into the Pelicans uh, and, and the Summer League a little bit, I wanted to uh, once again piggyback on something I discussed on your show this week and Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA's remarks that he doesn't like or doesn't think it's good for the game when a superstar player requests a trade out of whatever team they play for. Now, before we go any farther, let me go ahead and set the record straight. I agree with that point, okay? I mean, I, I don't I don't like it, personally. I don't. I don't like when a guy's got five. You know, if you're heading into the last year of your deal and you have a player option and you want a wheel, okay, fine. When you got four or five years left or, you, you know, come on. Like, like, let's, you know, it's, I don't, I just, I don't like it. I mean, you know, you want to try to grow the game a certain way, but when it comes to the messenger, two things, one, I don't necessarily, I don't think Adam, I think Adam Silver was pandering to his audience, right? The fans at summer league and, and some of the people there, but he can say that publicly. The reality is the headlines that come with the player empowerment era. And I, I don't like even I don't like that phrase player empowerment. I think it needs to be called the superstar empowerment era, because that's what it is. If you're not a superstar, you don't wield much power. I mean, you can make good money and play in the league. It's the superstar empowerment era as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what comes with that is tons of headlines, tons of chatter, tons of talk. Tons of debate. I know you and I could sit here and talk about Major League Baseball for 30 minutes. There's a reason we're not. Not to say that nobody listening would care. There's some baseball fans listening. But at some point, it's not drawing the same amount of heat and interest and and the same amount of chatter on social media as Kevin Durant wanting to be traded or Donovan Mitchell or – or or right. you know or or Zion at summer league after doing a tour in Paris with Luca for the Jordan Brit whatever it sometimes it's not even you know 
made-for-TV, reality TV stuff. Sometimes it's just basic, oh, look at this guy in this picture. Look at this. Look at that. Like, <laughs> it, it, the point is, so much comes with the drama, so many headlines, and you can say, oh, well, it doesn't equal ratings. It might not always equal ratings for regular season games in Sacramento, in New Orleans, if they're not having a good year. I get that. That's true. You want to make those kinds of things more meaningful, but is it truly hurting the game? I think Adam Silver knows it's not in a lot of ways, and so I think he's saying one thing. Let's say that he's not pandering, Gus. Let's say that he is being 100% authentic and real when he, with a straight face, says, I, I want to do so. We want to do something about it. We don't like it. Something needs to be done. I mean, no, no. Co- has he not I- I- empowered players more than any other commissioner in sports ever? I'm not necessarily saying it's a good or a bad thing. I'm only pointing out the fact that he has. I mean, David Stern, for a lot of things, he said, no. And if you don't like it, deal with it. Yeah. Right? Silver's cool. been very, very different. So yeah. if he really believes what he's saying, well, then he needs to look in the mirror and, and, and take the blame because it's on him. Either way you look at it, when he said it, I, I'll be honest, man, I just kind of rolled my eyes. He tiptoed around it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. For somebody that's very, very thorough with his words and very good at articulating, there was a lot of, um, uh, uh, I don't know if he requested a trade. Like he, he tipped, he did not want to upset him. Is how it came across to me. Um, I thought Colin Coward brought up a very good point. I just happened to be in the car. What, what day was it? I, I think like it was Wednesday. Moron when um, he was speaking about what the commissioner said on Tuesday. And he opened up the show with an analogy. I thought that made a lot of sense. He's like, look, you know, everyone thinks that young kids or Americans run Silicon Valley. It's actually 40 and 15 year olds. The techies though, they're 27 year olds. Other guys that build and love the tech, but it's left to trusted adults to be able to make those decisions. And he said, the NBA is an optic problem right now. They're letting 27 year olds dictate, their league and dictate their business and, and do those things. And I thought it was interesting. You put it out that way in that, you know, you look at the last year and a half, what have we seen? I mean, the Houston Rockets smooched the rear end of James Harden for the last real you know, two, three years that he was there. Daryl Moore, Daryl Moore, he gave him whatever he wanted. I mean, I'm not, I, it, yeah. that's no, he did. He, he wanted, you know, wanted. he wanted Chris Paul. I mean, did whatever that do to do that. That didn't work. I need Russell Westbrook. All right, well, whatever. I don't want to travel with the team. I want to go to Vegas during this two-day layover and do my thing and meet you. Okay, you can do it. I mean, they gave what he wanted. Be Dennis Rodman and show up and you're hammered and get out there. He got fat and quit on the team and then didn't show up. And when he did, people are convinced he wore a fat suit. I mean, seriously. Like, he did everything he could (laughs) to get out of town. Um, and And he was gone. Ben Simmons literally just went into my mental I again I don't want to say that he doesn't have that because clearly the dude's not playing with the, a, a full deck but at the same time I mean look at that right and then you literally have a situation if you're the Nets and it's something that I pointed out earlier in the week um this isn't building or climbing the ladder of success you know Draymond Green last week defended Durant and said, if if somebody goes from Google to Apple to Tesla to, I think what he said was um, DocuSign or whatever, big companies, 
that people would congratulate you. They, they wouldn't be upset at you or criticize you. He's right. God, if, if, you know, Houston to the left of us or Atlanta to the upper right of us, Dallas calls you and says, we love the great Scott show. We want that in our market. And it's a chance to better your, your family, your situation. You're doing it, and we're all texting you. Way to go, dude. You earned it. Good luck wherever it is that you're going. So he's right on that. And then he's also wrong, though. It's different if you're the CEO, an executive, or somebody big at these companies, or in a TV station, radio station, the news director, program director, and go to a competitor. It's why we sign non-competes. Right, Scott? We signed that on purpose because our employers don't want us to go and either have the knowledge or be able to hurt them back on that. So, yeah, in the business world, which is different than the sports world, because in the business world, they sell products or services, and that's where you make your money. But you hire and fire people based off of the philosophies that you have created per the people that run them. In the sports world, you're called a franchise player for a reason. Kevin Durant is a franchise player. He showed up to Brooklyn. They've done everything they wanted, he wanted him to do, from getting Harden to placating Kyrie Irving to getting Ben Simmons to doing everything that the man wanted, including last summer on August 4th, coming to terms on a four-year $191 million extension that kicks in this year. My man ain't dribbled, played a minute a possession under his new deal. So that's why this is different. And I think that's why you heard the commission kind of say the way he did. And to your point, I think it is a superstar empowerment, but I also didn't even think that this is a bit different. It, you know, a superstar empowerment thing to me is holding the organizations accountable to do everything they can so y'all can win. That's even tough to swallow sometimes, but I get that, right? And that's what I said on our show. This isn't Anthony Davis. I know it's easy to lump him, but he signed multiple contracts here. This isn't Chris Paul. He signed multiple deals with the Hornets and Pelicans. Um, you know, you look at some of those guys. LeBron James, back to Colin Coward's point, he fulfilled the contracts. He's signing two-year deals. He's yeah. signing the two-year deals with the player option on one. But he fulfills it. Even LeBron has never signed a four-year deal, and before he even starts that extension, says, I want out. So it is different. And, and, and that, it would, to, to me, the dichotomy and the beauty of this all is this is something that New Orleans, Memphis, small market teams are going to have to deal with and just, just accept, God, just, just accept that your stars are going to leave you. Bro, Brooklyn is Brooklyn. I mean, it's literally on the other side of a bridge from downtown New York, right? Manhattan. Um, you have everything you want there. You literally had a franchise give you whatever you want. They have brought in superstar after superstar, and it's not good enough. So you know what? That whole argument about you need a big market, I mean, dude, I'm seeing stuff today that people are saying it should be insulting to suggest that Donovan Mitchell play with the Knicks. Mind you, the same people – we're saying that Zion needs to get out of here to go play with the Knicks. So I think it is funny how in one year's time you have a market like Brooklyn being, you know, 
defecated on essentially by one of the bigger names. And on Wednesday night, you see what basically looks like a, you know, reunion party at a summer league game with all of the Pelicans teammates. I mean, they're all sitting courtside. Zion, B.I., they're Good all vibes. Colorado. Good vibes. Dude, it's like, it's incredible. DJ. I'm just saying. Even Nikhil, was- who's not on the team anymore, is like, man, you are my friends. I just want to hang out. <laughs> Um, listen, I, 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 I also think, you know, with Draymond's point, anytime somebody does the well in a business world, I, it's apples to oranges. It always will be. It reminds me of Tom Benson, rest in peace. When he wanted to move the team to San Antonio and we all know that Paul Paul Taglib, you said, no, (laughs) I'm not going to let you and you're not going to get enough votes. So just deal with it. And then he, to, to Tom's credit, he really embraced it and, as he got older, spent a lot of money, and the Saints have had a tremendous amount of success since 2006 when you compare it to every year prior to that in the organization's history, even the years he owned the team. My point is, I remember after Katrina when the rumors started to heat up, and we're all just devastated on on a lot of different levels, right? Sports, winning or losing, it was cool, but it really was not important in the grand scheme of things as far as the games. But the thought of losing a team when you needed it most and you needed to just lose yourself in something and this thing you've been raised on and this thing you share with families, like it's not like, um, okay, uh, Smoothie King is moving their headquarters out of New Orleans after Katrina. Like that's not a good thing per se, and I know that didn't happen. They ended up moving, but many years later. My point is if you read that, you're not like, you're like, oh, that that's, that's bad for the economy, and it's unfortunate for the state. You're not right. losing any sleep over that. You're not. You didn't grow up like sharing this this sentimental thing with your family. And Tom Benson wrote. He took out like a full page ad and wrote a letter to the fans. And I don't remember the exact words of it, but essentially right. it was, you know, this is my business, and I understand everyone's been going through a lot, but. You know, as a businessman, you always have to keep all options open. And, uh, and the whole thing read like a business. And to him, that's what it was. But he was talking about it like it was one of his car dealerships. And right. I'm like, you no, can't. It, it it, go, it, there's you, a reason. You, right. You can't do it. I mean, for people that say, oh, sports shouldn't, mean, sports shouldn't mean that much to certain people. It's like you don't understand <laughs> that it's not. It's bigger than the actual sport. It's oh, yeah. it, It's the way that. Families share traditions, the way they share a song or music or whatever. It's so much deeper than that. And any time, and, and look, Kevin Durant, to his point, even, I mean, he just comes out and says it now. He's like, listen, you know, people didn't like when the guy did this because they became attached to him, and yet the player still wants to do what's best for him, and that's a problem. I mean, he just said it as simple as he could. This was like, I don't know, a month ago. I think he, I don't remember. I think he was talking about Kyrie or something, and I was like, yeah, like, in a nutshell, that's all it is. Like he's like, yeah, they hated me in OKC when I left because we had developed this serious relationship. Even though I didn't know them personally, you know, it was deeper to them. And for me, it was a job. And you know, I get it. And I'm like, right, like that's it. Like stop with the nonsensical. Oh well, you're a hypocrite if you're a fan that doesn't like when your player leaves because if you did, it's like stop. Just stop with it. It's not the same thing. It never will be. It's what sets sports apart. And, you know, I, I don't know, Durant, you know, I, I, he's doing weird things that kind of are making me like him a little bit. Like when, you know, what did <laughs> Gus, what did you do to improve your legacy today? Like, I don't yeah. like, but the, the whole legacy talk, as far as like, you know, the sports media goes, it's just so dumb. I mean, they, it's that nauseam. Like you can't have 
a player have 18 legacy games in a single season. Like, shut up. Like, yeah. So part of me kind of likes that he's just open with his pettiness now and not hiding behind fake accounts. And then there's the other part of me that's like, come on, man. Like, your extension hasn't even kicked in yet. Like, what are you doing? You know, I I, I don't know, man. I, I the, the whole, at, getting back to the original point, I don't really believe Adam Silver when he says this is bad for the league. I think I think fans don't like it, but I, I'd be lying if I said overall it's just awful for the league. I do think more teams being in the mix to win championships. I do think it's good for fan bases. I do think you need more meaningful regular season games, which, Gus, let's let's talk about this for a minute. It's a great Scott show, ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports, Pronola segment, Scott Prather, Gus Gagnell. What, what, is, what is this, like, uh, do you know anyone that said, you know, that in-season, early-season tournament, regular-season <laughs> tournament that the NBA wants to have where we have no idea what you could win that's, you know, of substance other than a couple of extra games? Like, wh- do you know anyone that's saying, yeah, the NBA needs to do that? Like, am I missing something? How is this going to help their product? That's a great question. I mean, look, I, I, I would say this. I I think for a... Um, for a lot, I have always said, man, that to me, the NBA, Stern, Silver, they, they're visionaries, you know? I mean, they, they added intrigue. They've done things, to your point that you said at the very beginning of this conversation in terms of what's good for the league or not, um, the NBA is darn near close to sort of NFL level of there is no off season, right? I mean, we're in the summer league right now, and then we'll have a, a bit of a of a lull to an extent. But their training camp starts in September. I mean, they're gonna have a preseason game in October, so it's not that far away. Considering that, you know, two Fridays from today, Scott, you and I will be talking about Saints training camp practice number two in the books, three coming up. So it, it's right around the corner, man. It's not that far, but. Part of the reason is kind of what you're saying. They've done a great job uh, of marketing. Um, I think as a commissioner, they've done a good job of allowing players to express it. You just brought it up. You know, could you imagine an NFL player speaking the way Durant does or, or other players do? I mean, some of the Twitter beef from a week or two ago between several players, you know, where, you know, bleep you and stuff like that. I mean, was it Jimmy Butler to somebody? I mean, I, like, oh, my goodness. I mean, like, could you imagine that? I mean, people would lose their minds in the NFL if Cam Jordan literally said that to a coach or something or another player, um, especially coming from this organization that we've seen since 2006, where literally there was a period, Sean Payton relaxed it the last two, three years. I think he's all a blowback, but they put inhibitors and, and scramblers or whatever in the locker room to to block players from tweeting and playing on social media. You remember that, Sean? I mean, Scott, they, Sean Payton made it to where you couldn't use your phone like that in the locker room. He stopped eventually before he left. But, um, yeah, I mean, the NFL is a completely different animal from the NBA. They, they are very worried about their message, how it's perceived, Roger Goodell, does not come across, you know, warming at all, much less player-friendly, much – I mean, it's, it's a dictatorship. He completely comes across as the speaking voice for the owners. 
And in the NBA, owners, fans, media are at the back and call essentially of players. The players run the league. There is no arguing that players run the league in the NBA. They've understood it. They've tried to make it a legit partnership from that aspect of it where the NFL absolutely still operates as they, you need them. You, they don't need you. And the NBA, they said, that's probably not the, the reason why people watch us. And, and that's why it does operate differently. And that's why you heard Silver on Tuesday tiptoe. You know, he, he said, I don't care for it. But he didn't go Roger Goodell and say, that's not happening anyway. He didn't go David Stern. I mean, again, David Stern, there was blowback on, on how players dressed at, at a certain time, you know, uh, of the league. And he put a dress code in. You know, it became the thing, though, right? The players said, all right, we have to not look a certain way, so we're going to amp it up, though. We're going to call it style. So much so that ESPN Sports Center even did a spoof on one of their Sports Center commercials, remember? Where you see some of the anchors walk in and, you know, one guy has, like, massive sneakers and a sleeveless shirt like Westbrook. But what, what did that do, Scott? Even the NFL then started having their pregame shows. You know, this is how you dress. This is how you come to work. There were segments in the pregame right. show. The look, at, look at Joe Burrow. He's got drip. He's yep. balling. There it is. Bengals look, by 60. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where did that come from, Scott? The, the NBA. NBA. That's no doubt about it. Gus Kagan, our Saints and Pelicans correspondent. All right. Uh, Pell Summer League, they've won some, they've lost some, they play tonight. Um, I, I like that Trey Murphy uh, has grown in height, literally. Um, and more than that, man, it's just seeing that the Zion and CJ and Ingram and Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones and these guys there uh, hanging out, spending time in Vegas together, working together, that's that's the good stuff. I mean, I, you know, I think Wednesday CJ was on and, they started asking him a question, and then Zion came in the background. He's like, wait a minute, isn't this the guy that, that, that you know, was saying a few things about me? And then they, like, laughed and, like, hugged, and they were, like, g- giggling about it. I mean, just just good vibes, man. I mean, I, I don't have much more to add than that, and I don't want to keep you too much longer. So I wanted to end on a Saints note. I know that training camp will be underway two weeks from today. Wednesday night, not that this report was any kind of a surprise, Pro Football Talk dropped the report that said Sean Payton most likely will coach again in 2023. He'd have interest in the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Cowboys, if those jobs were open. Of course, though. Of course he would. And, and you know, best, you know, you just, best case scenario, you want a team that's not horrific, but just desperate enough where they think all we need is a new head coach. Because the Saints... They, 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 they're going to be asking, the price is going to be high. This isn't going to be, sure, you know, this isn't going to be Baker Mayfield, who I compared to an NFT, right? You know, Cleveland took him number one overall, like that Bored Ape NFT that sold for half a million dollars and then mm-hmm. sold the other day for like 50 grand. Like, and then so, you know, Cleveland dishes them all for a fifth round pick. The Saints are going to be asking for a lot here. Um, Sean Payton will not be coaching the Saints again yet he will be in the headlines the entire NFL season. And I, I, I boy, you, you don't think that guy would love to get the Chargers gig, but 
They're going to have a coach only in his second year, and the Chargers could be good this year. I look at Dallas and say, Mike McCarthy, the pressure, it, it's going to be following him all season long. We know Miami wanted him, but they just have a new head coach. I mean, it, it's felt in a lot of ways like this thing was heading to Dallas at some point, and Gus, man, this report just made me realize it probably will. What, what, what do you think the Saints ultimately will get when Sean Payton coaches elsewhere, which according to Pro Football Talk earlier this week is probably going to be just a year from now? Man, I, you, know, you, you know this because I've told you this on your show probably and even said it on mine. I've always thought to me, I think the whole – and Sean's good at this. I wouldn't say misdirection, but understanding the room. And the elephant in the room is he's going to be the Cowboys head coach. That's good because if you're him, you, you can leverage that to make sure you get everything you want. If you're going to be the Cowboys head coach, it has prestige, it has all of that. You know, his family's there now. And, you know, he has that. He might be one of the only men that can probably tell Jerry Jones, get out my office. He probably Maybe. I See, I, I, yeah, I, I always felt like he'd end up in Dallas when Jerry died because you know how much Sean likes to be a dictator. Can he work with Jerry? That's always oh, been remember, my reason though, why not, but I, I've, I've come off it a little stories bit. Stories of, of the Super Bowl, whatever it was, where he went you know, to St. Elmo's, right, and he bought, steakhouse, he, and he bought Jerry Jones' favorite bottle of wine to make sure he couldn't get it. I mean, like that, that, he has that kind of relationship with him. So, And, and I think, you know, the longer it goes, mortality hits you, right? That guy wants nothing more than to win a Super Bowl championship before he croaks again. So, you know again? what? Wait, wait. He, he died already? Up wait, a bit? Oh, another Super Bowl what? guy. I was, I was like, you said before he croaks again. I'm like, did Jerry Jones die already? Oh. Uh, yeah, no. Like, you know, he wants to win another Super Bowl <laughs> You know, again. I, it took me a minute. I mean, I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think when you look at it from that perspective, they could they could work for they could I mean I call it a frat house I mean if if you're in there there's a reason you're in there you get along with the same types of people that are all probably the same type of personality that outside of that place would look at it as as like an insane asylum right I mean it just that's why you have certain groups that some that just work together and I think they have completely very similar personalities but um you know, him having relationships with Parcells and all of that. It, look, he, Parcells worked with him. I mean, it, so I, I don't know, man. When I look at it, I could see that happening. But, Scott, I've told you, I, to me, there's only one team that makes so much sense from a lot of boxes that check and manage the Chargers. You have a really good quarterback that's a passer. You have so much drama and stuff over in Dallas. But with the Chargers, he gets to the run the show. This year, he gets to run the show. They don't go to the AFC there. Championship game or Super Bowl. They're firing that coach. He lost them games last year, and he is absolutely not ready. I think for the expectation level that that team has this year, and Justin Herbert hadn't even scratched the surface yet. Last year, you got a glimpse of what that kid can do, and if I'm Sean Payton playing in SoFi Stadium, and there's talk that they may even, you know, get their own stadium, the Chargers and stuff. So, um, And his daughter is, the, you know, his kids are older now. His daughter lives dude, in L.A. now. Yeah, I, dude, his wife, Sean, and look, 
McVay is going to retire in the near future. I mean, I he said he thought it was going to happen this year. Nah, he's uh, Scott. So, um, but even if he doesn't, dude, come on that 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 is a that is a matchup made in heaven. They're in different conferences, but they share the same billion dollar stadium. The facility's gorgeous. The weather's beautiful. Um, he is a celebrity and would be, and more importantly, he absolutely has a chance to win the Super Bowl for the next five to seven years. Yeah. I mean, legitimately. Yeah. He, that, that's, I mean, to me, and, and he would have a question. lot of autonomy there. But you know, Dallas, he's like when you, I mean, I get Dallas is, it's nice if you got them, it's flat or you got the hill. I mean, it, you can't compare that. Like you're not, I mean, from living to how you're going to be treated to the celebrity, it's not even close. I wouldn't even consider it. Like, I mean, I, I am absolutely angling chargers playing the hand I'm going to Dallas to make sure the Sanos or Spanos, whatever they're called over there in the, in LA, make that happen. But I would absolutely want to be making my way to the Chargers. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. On that note, we'll let him run. He joined us here on a Gimme All You Got Friday. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! That is Gus Kattengill, our Saints and Pelicans correspondent. Uh, Two weeks from today, man, the Saints will have started camp. A week from today, the rookies will have started. They're reporting Thursday and kind of getting things going. But um, we'll talk a little more Saints next week. In the meantime, man, love talking sports with you as always, brother. Check out Gus on ESPN 100.3 in New Orleans, weekdays, noon to 3. It's called The Sports Hangover, one of my all-time favorite sports talk shows. Uh, and give Gus follow on Twitter at GCAT underscore 17, G-K-A-T-T underscore 17. And uh, he is uh, a father to a young one. I have some young ones. So excuse us while we got excited that uh, Bluey season three is coming to Disney Plus soon. I mean, I I was excited about that. They were, my kids were watching Bluey this morning. I was more excited, actually, than than, than Carver. Carver, I I showed him the the, the picture and says season three coming. And he goes, oh, I think I've already seen that on YouTube. They probably leaked some episodes already. (laughs) I don't know. Apparently, they're already on YouTube. And I'm all excited because, dude, I, I legitimately had a talk with my sister's father-in-law uh, in Vermont when we went up there for her youngest's high school graduation. And he had never heard of it. All the grandkids are a little older than Carver. So they hadn't, they're not watching Disney Junior. It's now Disney now. So he hadn't heard of it. And I sat him down and I forced him to watch what episode. And he was hooked. And he's like, this is incredible. I'm like, oh, yeah. From the no- We watched the Nomads one, you know, the fairies. I mean, I, dude, it's, I, I love them. I love the creek. all The of Creek them. is my I favorite one. I like the, the Creek's my favorite Bluey episode for sure. So, uh, But enough Bluey. We're going we're gonna to bore our audience. All right. Uh, but, hey, if you're, if you're a parent to a young one, you know what Gus and I are talking about. If you don't, go watch Bluey. It's awesome. Yeah. Appreciate it, brother. As always, my man, we'll uh, we'll chat again next week, and thank you for taking the time. Oh, it was a pleasure, man. Take care, buddy. All right.